Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chukas. Parshas Chukas, according to the Chinuch, contains three positive mitzvos, all related to the different aspects of the Parah Aduma, which is the first part of the Parsha, which is the quintessential Chok. A Chok is a law that we cannot and do not understand. Now, this in of itself is worthy of a very important assertion, and that is, I don't believe that you'll find in other constitutions a law which people say, well, we just can't understand this. And that is true. Why? Because their laws are all made by man. Our laws are divine, and part of the Torah is to have laws which we can't understand because they come from God. If we would do only those laws which we understand, think about it for a moment, then ultimately we are worshipping ourselves. That which we understand, we do. That which we don't understand, we don't do. And therefore, come the chukim, come the laws such as the paraduma, whereby a person who becomes tomei, impure, by having come in contact with dead, being under the same roof as a dead body. Think about it. You go to a funeral, you do a mitzvah. You come out tamei. You go to a tara, and you wash and dress the deceased, and you come out impure. Okay? And the Torah prescribes a specific ritual whereby on day three and on day seven, you are have a Mr. Kohen sprinkle upon you the ash and water, the ash from the paraduma, and after day seven, you will become tohor. And interestingly, the very individual who administers this, the Kohen, in the process, he becomes Tomei, not for seven days, but for one day. But still, it's something which the wise King Solomon could not understand. And this is so important that we recognize that this is another aspect of our recognizing the divinity of Torah. The Torah comes from God. And therefore, because it is the Torah from Hashem, we accept it and we yield to the higher authority. Okay. As we move on in the parsha, the Torah tells us that Miriam dies, and as a result, there is no water for the people to drink. The people are understandably unhappy, and they, if you want, are uh, literally campaigning, that's a nice word, against Moshe for water. And so God says to Moshe, the famous directive, go take the staff and speak to the rock together, you and your brother Aaron. Instead of speaking to the rock, Moshe hits the rock. 
yes, he hits it twice, water comes out, but as a result, both here in Parshas Chukas, in chapter 20, verse 12, Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Ya'an, because Lohemant Tembi, you did not, quote, believe in me enough, to sanctify me, therefore you will not bring the people to, quote, the promised land. And once again, I urge you, take the Chumashim to your table tonight and go to the very end of Ha'azinu. And after the Shira of Moshe, of Ha'azinu, you have the Maftir, and you have several psukim where God tells Moshe once again to go up to the mountain and see Eretz Canaan, then you're going to die, right? And why? Verse 51 in chapter 32, at the end of Azinu, Al Hashem Altembi. Literally, there's going to be, as you're going to see, and this is the explanation of the Ramban that Moshe and Aaron commit an act of Me'ilah as I'm going to explain. Now, interestingly, this incident of Me'meriva is perhaps one of the most challenging for us to understand in the whole Torah, and that's why it really belongs in Parshas Chukas, that just as we can't understand the Para Aduma, so too we can't understand, quote, what Moshe's sin was. And therefore, interestingly, the Orachayim HaKadosh lists no less than ten possible explanations as to what was Moshe's sin from the opinion of Rashi, that he hits the rock instead of speaking to the rock, to the opinion of the Maasei Hashem, whereby Moshe and the Jewish people, they differed as to which rock should be addressed. The people having dug out and selected a different rock, and Moshe in anger at the people threw his staff, which hit the rock, and water emerged. Now I'd like to focus on the opinion of the Ramban in our parsha who agrees with Rabbeinu Hananel that Moshe's sin was that he and Aaron said to the people, Hamin Hasela, right, from this rock, says Moshe to the people, Hamin Hasela Hazeh, Notzi Lochem Mayim, from this rock shall we bring forth water, giving the impression that they, Moshe and Aaron, with their knowledge and their capabilities, will produce the water. They should have used the word Yotzi, which clearly means that it would be referring to Hashem, that He will perform the miracle. As indeed we find earlier in the book of Shmos, that in chapter 16, Pasuk 8, Moshe says to the people that it is clearly Hashem who brings forth. Quote, says Moshe, B'seis Hashem lochem bo'erev basar le'echol v'lechem baboker lizboa. Literally, that Hashem gives you in the evening meat to eat and bread to satiate in the morning. And therefore, 
it's understandable, continues the Ramban, that in Devarim, as we mentioned earlier, 3251, where Hashem clearly announces why Moshe does not enter the Promised Land, he enumerates two wrongdoings of Moshe. One, Hashem Altembi, literally, you trespassed, and we'll talk about Me'ila in a minute, against me, or the sin of Me'ila. And secondly, Lokidashtemosi, you did not sanctify me among B'nai Yisrael. Now, listen carefully now. The Ramban notes that what transpired here was assessed by Hashem to be an act of Me'ila. Me'ila is misuse or abuse of sanctified property, most often associated with the misuse of the Beis Migdash, its possessions, korbanos, and offerings. And the Ramban is broadening the horizon and definition of Me'ila. Moshe had, our rabbis tell us, an incredible opportunity. The Torah tells us that Moshe and Aaron gathered the entire congregation before the rock. And Rashi quotes the Medrash in Vayikor Rabbah that the entire nation, literally millions of people, were able to miraculously stand in front of the rock to see and hear the proceedings. Thus, in this environment, Moshe's use of notzi, as if we, Moshe and Aaron, rather than Yotzi, he, Hashem, was a form of Me'ila, Moshe taking the credit and honor to some extent that was due Hashem, and on some level attributing the success to himself and Aaron. And therefore the absence of a great Kiddush Hashem, sanctification of Hashem's name, was thus a Chilol Hashem, desecration on Moshe's level on he and Aaron's part. And therefore what emerges from these words and teachings of the Ramban is that the entire world is really Hashem's stage. And man constantly has the opportunity to either bring honor or the opposite to Hashem's name. And the Talmud in Brachos at the beginning of the sixth parak teaches that Asr Adam, it is prohibited for an individual to get benefit from this world without first reciting a bracha. And whoever does derive benefit from this world without first reciting a bracha, Mo'al has committed an act of me'ila, stealing from the holy. It's the unauthorized use of his property, as indeed we are taught in Tehillim, that the entire earth, Lashem Ha'oretz Umloa. So the difference between eating with or without a bracha might be compared to Notsi, which is man, or Yotsi, which is God. With a bracha, one is acknowledging that Shahakol Niyeh Bidvoro that everything and every aspect of the nourishment that a person is about to consume, everything came about only with the directive and involvement of Hashem. True, man is involved with sowing and planting and harvesting and baking, but still 
one admits with a bracha, as we find in Devarim, in Parshas Ekev, chapter 8, Pasuk 18. He is the one that gives you the strength to make wealth. Understood by Targum Unkelis, he gives you the intelligence, ideas to succeed and progress. Without the recitation of a bracha, it is notzi. Man is ascribing and taking too much to himself and his own involvement. And therefore, the recitation of a bracha is not only simply a matir, enabling one to rightfully enjoy their food, but a personal religious encounter acknowledging his presence and participation of Hashem in all that we do. And I just wish to conclude with the very bottom of page Lamid Hay. Amad Aleph in Brachos, whereby the Gemara says, ay, 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 what should a person do if they do benefit from this world without a bracha? And the answer is, he should go to a wise man. Now what's that going to do? And the answer is, let him go to the wise man and let him go to the base of Medrash. And today, as we unfortunately mourn the loss of Rabbi Zlatowitz, there are so many books in all languages, in English, about brachos, that we can give honor to his memory and the incredible contribution that he, an art scroll, has made to Jewish learning over these last decades by our being machazek, our brachos, and if we're not exactly sure, have the book in the house telling us which one, but most important, if we're not reciting them yet, now is the time that we should have the outlook on life that it's Yotzi that it's God who is truly performing this and not God forbid that it should be man bringing it forth Shabbat Shalom to all